the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and for the next couple hours, you're stuck with me. If you'd like to talk cars, then give us a call, 602-508-0960. If you have a dispute between husband and wife about car, car car-related stuff, I'm a good Judge Judy, Judge Jerry, or whatever, (laughs) and... If you have a, a couple of cars that you want to talk about their reliability, I can do that as well. If you have a hot rod and you're thinking about doing something to it, then I can kind of warn you about that. So we have lots to offer, 602 And if you're outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, 888-960-9696. Toll free, 888-960-9696. And that includes... Everybody within uh, the borders of the United States, if you listen to iHeartRadio and some other venues for radio talk shows. There is a list I created in 1988 called the Best Car Repair Shops. I was the first one to come out with these referral networks. Rosie Romero was the second. So when it comes to car repair shops, that's the number one question I get is, is I live in this part of town, who do you send me to? Well, Larry Harker's auto is up at 38th Avenue in Indian School. He's been around a very long time. Bob and Ellen are really good people. They know right from wrong. They have Jeremy, who's a world-class master technician. He has more certifications than everybody I know together. So it's a good shop, but they're really good at diagnosis. So if you honk the horn and the rear windshield wiper flaps, then they can fix it for you. But they do oil changes and everything north of that. So Larry Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue and Indian School is a good place to start. When it comes to using a repair shop, well, let me preface this by saying that I am court certified with respect to standards re- involving our our repair industry and normal standards and standards of care and all that kind of stuff with respect to normal industry procedures and stuff like that. If you do business with somebody who uses a generic work order off the Internet, and the work order in the top says for estimate only and they use it as a repair order that should have the full customer's name phone number all the information from the customer and all the information from the vehicle as well as what the customer says and then of course you're going to add to that what you did and then it's going to have all the parts and labors listed independently of one another so if somebody is using that form for you and they list all the parts and pricing but then on the left hand margin they list the labor and the labor for all these different components the parts they're not tied together so you really don't know and then you don't have a name for the part 
it just has one and it gives you a part number and then it has a price these are red warning flags that you have to have to recognize then every all the hourly charges on the labor are on the half an hour so everything is one and a half three uh, four and a half five two and a half three and a half it's everything is in the half hour increment which is just completely out of the realm of responsibility or or the proper procedures for my industry of car repair you can make up your own labor prices you can certainly say this uh, this costs you $300 without putting an hourly rate on there. You can do that stuff. But when it comes to just boilerplating all this stuff, there is nobody that can can use that format to say that this is what it costs because it's just not that way. When we look up your labor, it's going to be very specific. 1.1 hours unless it has this V8 to change the water pump, let's pretend. If it has this V8, then it's 1.1 hours plus 3 tenths of an hour for a total of 1.4. So that's how it works. When we look it up, we have to look up all the specifics of the car. And that is for a normal technician, a normally skilled technician, to perform the take the water pump off, put the new one on, pressurize it, add coolant, blah, 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 go test drive it. It doesn't include the diagnosis, which almost everybody uses as a separate fee. So in the case of you bring it in and you've got a coolant leak, the technician's going to pop the hood. He's going to look for something obvious. He's going to take the radiator cap off. He's going to install a hand pump in the place of the radiator cap. He's going to look at the top of the cap, and it says 12-pound cap. So he's going to start pumping up his air, just like a bicycle pump, and he's going to watch the gauge. And he's probably going to go one past the 12. So he's going to go 13. And and he has to stop at 13, 12 or 13. At that point, he's recreated the way that this car drives down the road. So now he starts looking for water leaks. He may lift it up in the air. But one way or another, he's going to find the water leak. Now, the water leak may not be in the engine or on the outside of the engine, but we got water coming out of the tailpipe. So that's something that we are going to have to look at. We could have water dripping off of the passenger side dash down to the floor on the passenger side of the car. That's a heater core. We could have water dripping underneath the feet of the passenger. And again, that's the drain in the evaporator case, which would say that it's a heater core. So these are all the things that have to happen. And you have to insist that the bill you get is a a clear reflection of what happened. Because when you have a dispute, you want to make sure that you know what they did. So they can't just say, find and fix cooling system, $312.95. That's just not going to work. That's the recipe for disaster. So when when you do business like that, and this all comes to the table is because I just reviewed a case that had this thing and the the standard of care and our industry standards has been violated by the shop so I say to the attorneys I don't want to be on your side you're representing the shop I don't want to be there I can't because everything he's and supposedly has 30 40 50 60 70 80s of years of experience and blah 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 
Uh, this guy's never been a businessman in his life. He's never run a shop in his life. He's probably never been responsible for writing a work order, which service writers typically do that. So those are the things you need to watch out for. This is a calamity that's going to end up in in, in court. And um, from my point of view, um, the shop's going to take a beating. Let's go to the phones. Who might that be, Gil? We have Hal. Hal, good morning to you. Good morning, uh, Mark. Uh, I've got a, a 2000 Ford Taurus, and uh, yesterday when I was about uh, 10 miles from home, uh, uh, I started the car up and started to go, and I couldn't get get it to accelerate much much faster than the RPM for idle, idle RPM. So I, uh, I, I turned on my flashers, uh, it got into a, a parking place, and I had to have the car towed home. When I got home, uh, uh, I started it up, and it sounded like that never happened. It, it started to run normal again. Uh, uh, would you have any idea of what I should do from this point? I, I'm a fix-it-yourself guy if I know what I'm doing uh, with some advice. Okay, I think I can help you. Let me think out loud. Well, he had it, and it ran, but it wouldn't go very fast. But clearly the ignition system, the spark plugs, the coil, the camshaft sensor, the crankshaft sensor that take the place of points and condenser, by the way, all of that's working because he's got spark. Now, we need three things to make the car run down the road, spark, compression, and fuel. The fact that it was running... Let me ask you a question. When it was running, did it idle smoothly? Yes. Okay. That tells me we don't have any broken valves, head cil- cylinder heads defect. We're not missing on one cylinder. If it idles smoothly, whether it's in driver, in neutral, or park, bingo. We don't have a compression problem. So we got fuel running down, or we've got spark running down the road. We've got compression. That's fine. So now all of a sudden we got this fuel system. Now, the fuel system symptoms of substandard fuel pressure are exactly what you just described. Now, I'm not suggesting that you take the guy on the radio's word for it. You're having an intermittent problem, so you've already got a problem anyway. But what typically people do is they go rent a fuel pressure gauge. They tape it to the outside of the windshield. They know that when they're driving around, the fuel pressure is going to be between 30 and 60 pounds, depending on the car and the motor and blah, blah, blah. So all of a sudden, they find that oh, it, don't, it won't run above idle. It'll hardly lift down the road, and you look up, and it's got 28 pounds of pressure or 15 pounds of pressure. So you go, okay, I have substandard pressure. Now, you said it's a 2000 Taurus, so it's 20 years old. Has it ever had a right. fuel pump that lives in the tank? I, I, I had... Uh... I bought the car uh, about uh, four months ago, and when I did, I was smelling fuel all over the place. So I took it in, and I paid $700 to have a a new fuel pump put in. Uh, uh, So uh, I kind of ruled that out, although it doesn't necessarily mean it's not the fuel pump. Yeah. So I'm going to assume, I'm going to guess here that they found... They said that they found the fuel leak at the top of the tank, and they had to replace the O-ring or the gasket, uh, and they had to remove the fuel pump to do that. So as a result of that, let's go ahead and replace the fuel pump. How close am I? Yes, exactly. 
Okay. All right. Um, I think this is theirs to figure out. Um, you didn't, I think in a nice way you say, Mark, I didn't have this problem before you did the fuel pump. And it seems like I'm running out of gas because I don't get to go past 11 miles an hour. So if I go to 12, it falls on its face. And I'm unclear as to where we go from here, but could you please check the fuel pump and maybe hang a pressure gauge on it and have one of your technicians drive it for lunch or something like that? But I'm I'm pretty sure, but there's two other things in your fuel system. We have a fuel pressure regulator, and that's important with respect to the fuel. And then we have fuel level. Now, where's the gauge right now? Uh, what do you mean? Where's the gauge? Where's the fuel gauge right now? How much fuel has it got in it? Oh, uh, I filled it up. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. The fuel pump is lubricated and cooled by the fuel in the tank, and we have lots of youngsters that run off the bottom quarter of the tank. So sometimes the fuel pump is not being lubricated and cooled because there's not enough fuel in the gas tank to pull that off. So as a result, we do a little more than normal fuel pump replacements for the kids at ASU. So I think you have a fuel supply problem. I don't know if it's the fuel pump, if it's the check valve in the fuel pump, or if it's the fuel pressure regulator. And you've got an intermittent problem, which is really going to be tough unless it just finally gives up the ghost. And that's what you better say. When you say your prayers tonight, just say, it just goes into its bad <laughs> mode and stays there. Okay, Mark, now, I, do, I, I do have a, a pressure gauge that I could hang on the window. Uh, uh, and if I don't go too far from home, I might try that myself. Okay, now your fuel pressure gauge is a specific kind of gauge with a fitting on the end of it, and it has to be able to handle 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds of pressure. If it's a fuel pressure gauge from the old carbureted days, that's a fuel pressure gauge that has the top end of 10 PSI, and it also is real easy to attach to the fuel pump or at the mechanical fuel pump. So make sure you get the right gauge, and I think you can rent the appropriate fuel injection gauge from one of the auto parts stores around town. But anyway, I got to run. Hal, good luck to you. Do you. First of all, do you have a shop that you go to that you trust? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, I think you go. To, are they the ones that did the fuel pump recently? No, no. Okay, I think I'd go back to the fuel pump recently shop, and I would try to get satisfaction or at least have them diagnose what's wrong. They have an obligation to diagnose this. Okay, okay. they you, they get and just don't get in an argument about technical. Mr. Salem, this is not a problem I had before you did the work on my fuel system. It's just not a problem I had. So I would like very much for you to take a look at it, drive the car, and see if you can help me determine. Because if it's not your problem, both of us will know that. But you can't say it's not your problem until we find out what it is. And like I said before, you gave me this. It appears that you gave me this problem. How good luck to you, 602 We'll be back. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m., to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates.
Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. Hi, this is Larry Elder. This election year, your vote is more important than ever. Be sure to register and vote. Our country's future depends on it. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade for my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. So it's 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday from 10 to 12, we're here on KKNT 960 AM talking about cars and car repair problems. The list of car best car repair shops, I, I know all the owners. Tom at Action Auto Repair I-17 in Deer Valley, I've known him since 1983. He's a good guy. He has ASE Master Certified Technicians. He knows right from wrong. He uses good auto parts, and he's well-versed in virtually all cars on the road. So if you live near I-17 in Deer Valley, Action Auto Repair would be a good shop if you don't already have a great shop yourself. Good morning, Bob. Oh, Bob, stand by. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960 if you'd like to ask a car question. But Bob's first. Bob, good morning. Morning, Mark. I had a bad tire couple weeks ago on my 07 Malibu so I just had to buy one tire I went it was one of the national tire chain and I was kind of in a hurry I didn't check the date and then a couple days later I looked at the date and it was made in August of 17 that's that's pretty old isn't it to be selling no it's a 10 year old is the bracket we have let me just tell you what I tell everybody there's no such thing as a poppin fresh tire so we're not going to get it out of the mold, cool it off, put it on a truck, and Salem's going to install it anywhere close to the date the tire was made. So we're installing tires that are six months and a year old because of the time to process where it goes into a warehouse, and it's a size that Salem's going to call for and Salem needs and delivered. Yours is a little out of whack. I... Th- the shop has no obligation to bring you to what we call a pop and fresh tire because we can't. But is it a shop you've dealt with before? Yeah, but it, it's an 07. The tires are all mismatched. Maybe I kind of I said I just want an inexpensive tire because this is just like a back and forth to work car. 
Okay. So maybe so I asked for a, a low a low price tire, but I think okay. it was cheaper than any. So maybe I sort of set myself up to. Well, not necessarily. But let me ask you: You said all the other date codes on all the other three tires are different. Well, yeah, because I inherited this car, and then okay. two of the tires had been replaced already. And then this was actually the one that blew was the last original. <laughs> the date on that was 06 on the tire that blew. Okay. It was 07. Right. So, you know, so they're obvious, all there anyway. Yeah, Bob, obviously this car's not going to put a lot of miles on a year. So right now at 17, you're good to 2027. So you need to look at what your annual driving is and how many miles you're going to go and when you're going to replace it because most people replace their tires somewhere around fifty thousand miles, forty to fifty thousand miles. I don't. Th- I think this you're going to wear out this tire long before it ages out in two thousand twenty-seven. No, two thousand thirty. No, we go from the seventeen. So it, I was right. It's two thousand twenty-seven. I wouldn't re- really be worried about it. Let me put you in as much of a comfort zone as I can. If you wanted to take all my grandkids to Colorado and bring them back home in that car. I'd want to know what the day code's on the other ones, and if they were 8 years old, I really wouldn't care either. But uh, I would let them go with a tire that's 3 years old. I don't think you have anything to worry about. And that's happened to me before. And if there's no other way, we'll call the warehouse and say, get us the newest tire you got, and we'll remount it. But frankly, that only happens once a year. And a lot of times it's a new customer, and because I think the older ones probably respect our decision a little easier. But the shop to put it on is really the shop you need to deal with. Okay. Thanks, Mark. All righty, good enough. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Another shop in the valley that I can tell you unequivocally does a good job is Auto Dynamics. They're in Sun City. It's the only shop in Sun City that I can really. I can refer you to because I know they do a good job, and I know Derek and Chuck. Derek's the young man that runs it. Chuck is his father, and I've known Chuck since 1968. Many of the shops around town are in their second generation, as mine is and as Chuck's is, and a whole bunch of other guys out there are the sons, Dave Martin, from his family we're all second they are all second generation i'm first but they're second so it's not uncommon for that to happen but if you're in sun city and you're looking for a good shop may i suggest automotive dynamics they're on the north side of grand just west of 99th avenue so grand and 99th avenue and it's the northwest corner of that facility when it comes to picking a shop it's not a bad idea to go on the internet and write down the name of the shop salem boys auto reviews and look at their, some of their reviews. All of us have bad reviews. Heck, go look at mine. Some guy's mad at me about a couple of Corvettes. And somebody was mad because I wouldn't extend their warranty. So the, it happens. But you want somebody that's north of three stars. So that's typically. But if he has only one star and it's a five-star rating and it goes on and on and on about how great they are, take that into consideration. Um, it's... It's also with warranty issues, and I'm not saying this in defense of me. I'm saying it in defense of the industry. It's just as unacceptable to us that you ask to extend an agreed warranty when you ask us to extend it. So we don't want to shorten it. You don't want us to shorten it, and we don't want you to lengthen it. So we both can have our way. So you can't come in and, and I'm going to say, well, I gave you a five-year warranty, but you know, you're know you four years and eight months. 
uh-uh, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. Likewise, you can't use the other ver- the other end of that that said you gave me a five-year warranty and it's five years and three months and I want you to do the job over again with a five-year warranty. So those are tricky things and those are tough things that you're going to find out what your shop's like during those. Frankly, I think most of the guys in town, if you've been a shop, a customer of theirs for a very long period of time, um, as opposed to somebody that walked in, this is their first re- repair bill ever, and they live clear across town, or whatever. There's some extenuating circumstances. I'm, I've am i said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll pay for the parts, you pay for the labor, because you're out of warranty. Is that something we can agree to? Or something like that. You pay a $200 deductible on a $400 bill. So basically, you pay half, I'll pay half. So those are the kinds of things that we run across. But it's it's not unusual for the customer to believe that the warranty number is is a one that slides <laughs> and, and rarely does it slide against them it's for them but again i want to tell you based on our volume this is something that we deal with once a year so it's not something that we deal with a lot our industry deals with a lot it's just something that will really ruin the relationship between you and your shop so just make sure the warranty is oftentimes not on the ticket, but many of us have a blanket warranty. Some shops have a one-year, 12,000-mile on everything, everything, everything. Some shops have, they divide it up into hard parts or labor. So if it's a particular labor operation, they may go ahead, and if it's a $100, $125, $150 labor operation, that may be something that they're flexible on. But if it's a total air conditioning replacement that costs $3,000 and they give you a three-year warranty, then that's something they're going to probably sit down hard on. It's not that we want to take advantage of you. We have to draw the line someplace, and warranties is something that everybody has to deal with. Your cars, your refrigerator, your house, your air conditioning unit, your water heater, everything has a warranty. And they're basically saying, we'll take care of it up to this point. So that's how it works. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open, and there's five of them. So you're welcome to grab one. 602-508-0960. And if you're embarrassed to give the question, then have your wife call us up and have her ask us the question. But we we enjoy ladies as well because that's a, a different perspective. So if a lady has a question, we're the people. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasseric paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and I'm very excited to tell you about the book that finally tells the inside story of Obamagate. It's called Above the Law, and it's written by my good friend Matthew Whitaker, the former acting U.S. Attorney General. 
We all know that the deep state has been out to destroy President Trump since before he was elected. Now in this new book, Above the Law, Matt lays out the inside story of how James Comey at the FBI and top officials at the Justice Department helped fabricate the fake Russian conspiracy with the participation of Barack Obama. You'll read how Mueller and his henchmen created a corrupt report for the sole purpose of political subversion, despite the fact that there was zero evidence of Russian collusion. You want the truth about Obamagate? Matthew Whitaker has written a book. It's called Above the Law. Order it today from Amazon or wherever books are sold. Above the Law by my friend Matt Whitaker. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T, F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, or S, speech difficulty, then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately, because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment, and that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs, face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. I'll pick you up after school. Okay, I got it. It's easy to take a day for granted. You and your family are connected by routine, and you stick to it. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if your day's routine is disrupted and you can't reach your family? Have you planned for that? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. All about that demon. Well, 34 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. Mark Salem here till 11 or till noon talking about car, car repair problems and all that kind of junk. Eric, you're up next. You were first. Well, how can I help you? Hey, good morning, Mark. I really enjoy your show. I, uh, Thank you. I tried to get my wife to take the call instead of me, but she wouldn't go for it. But so you stuck with me. But um, <laughs> I'm, I've got a, uh, a Toyota Camry 2014, and for a while I've noticed, you know, driving down the road, I'm 35, 40 miles an hour, something around there. I get a bit of a, a shudder that almost felt like uh, like a wheels out of balance or out of round or something. And but I got a new set of tires. And I still get the same thing. And I'm thinking it might be something related with my transmission because I noticed that um, it seems to happen when I, when the transmission shifts. And then it's kind of a bit lower RPM. And so it's like almost got a little bit more load on the engine or something. And it doesn't do okay. it if I switch into manual uh, shifting and shift at like 3,000 RPM. Okay. How many miles are on the Camry? Uh, 93,000. Okay. 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 Um, 
I'm assuming this shutter or whatever you called it has nothing to do with yeah. the steering wheel or the brake application. So I'm going to move no. on from there. No. I think you should pull it down into the lowest gear and manually shift it all the way. But on the top end, does it show as a five-speed in automatic? Is that what it shows uh -huh. on the on the shifter? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Stay away from five. And okay. and another thing you can do is that that's going to kick you out of overdrive. So we're going to lock up the converter. We have overdrive and a converter lock up. And when the converter doesn't lock up, then it shutters. And like you said, it's a low RPM issue. So if you can get it to shutter, I want you to keep your foot on the gas. Try to maintain the same speed. And I want you to gently apply the brake with your left foot. If the shutter goes away and every time you let go, everything's fine for X amount of time, then it starts shuddering and you barely touch the brake pedal and it quits shuddering, you've done it. It's a bad converter or it's a bad connection to the converter or it's a bad signal to the converter. But if we pull the pan and we find out it's full of metal, it's a transmission. <laughs> and that's how it goes. It's a little early for 93,000 unless, of course, your wife's been driving it all this time and drag racing everybody off traffic lights. She's got a heavy foot, but I'm not sure about drag racing. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, I think you've done a good job because I'm going to go in the transmission arena because you have, uh, an engine miss would be different symptoms, and a tire, a bad wheel bearing, a bad tire, a bad anything that spins, drive shaft, front axles on your Camry, you don't have that. You've described it virtually perfectly that it's going to be a transmission related, and if you're able to stop the shutter by just gently applying the brake but not enough to slow the car down, then you and I have hit a home run. Now, do you and have should, a shop that you deal with? I don't. Okay, what part of town are you in? I'm in uh, I'm in Gilbert, I'm in East Valley. Okay. Um, there's nobody south of the 60 that I can recommend. Please understand, um, there, there's lots of good shops, but they haven't applied to be on my list, and if they did apply, there was something that didn't do it. So um, I'm the only shop south, and I'm at Warner and I-10. And if you want to stop by and have somebody take a ride, if you can duplicate the problem and take somebody for a ride, as long as you don't keep our staff for like an hour, um, then the ride is free. Just take you for a ride, and you talk to Andy or Alan. Okay. And then you, said, uh, you said to test that when I'm, I'm manually shifting, right, to see if I can get the shutter to happen and then touch the brake. Good point, and I'm I'm wrong. There's two different things oh. I want you to do. I want you to manually shift it and feather the throttle and try to get it into the environment that causes the shutter, okay? Got it. okay? Then number two, leave it in drive, and when you drive it, then the shutter happens, and then you apply your brake. We're going to do ah. two different tests, okay? Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Thank I appreciate you. it. You bet. Hector, you're up next. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, I have an 01 Sentra. I have to change the lower control arms on it. Um, don't have a torque wrench, so I was wondering how important is it to torque it, or can I just tighten them to feel? Okay. off-the-wall question. <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's okay. Um, did you take them off already? No, no. no okay. I haven't done that yet. All right. And how come you're replacing them real quick? Well, the bolt joints on the, on the, on the front are pretty – they're worn down. They're completely exploded so i have to it's the whole control arm right um is one unit to go ahead and change the whole right. piece and you got tire wear that goes along with those bad ball joints uh well i've got brand new tires about uh three okay. months ago so i just don't right. want it to go bad <laughs> okay okay um a torque wrench is good you can run it from the local auto parts store 
Um, and yes, the torque range is good. But if you want to just spin the, and you know what, I I'm experienced enough. I probably I would just pay attention to the bolts that I took off, and then uh-huh. I would decide on how hard I'm going to put them. You put them back on till there's tension, and then you just kind of muscle them down. I don't think you're going to be able to break those bolts off especially if you're using like a 12-inch ratchet handle. But if you put a 3- yeah. or 4-inch piece of pipe on it, then I think you can bend everything up pretty good. <laughs> but but I, I, Yeah, I, I've been listening to your show long enough not to try to do something stupid. So, yeah. Okay. It, I, I throw that in not because I think you're going to do that. I'm throwing it in for everybody else who has an 18-year-old kid that decides to torque it with a 3-foot piece of pipe over the ratchet. That's just well, something I'll, that we, we did when we were younger. I'll be honest with you. I'm... Forty. I'm still doing. I'm still learning by my mistakes. So <laughs> I get what you're saying. <laughs> hey, you know you're you're there's there's a lot of us that are in. I, I'm north of you twenty years, and and I'm doing the same thing. I, I'm learning from my mistakes. I went out the other day and thought I was just going to lift the lip on one of my horses to just tech, and I must have caught her by surprise because she swung her head around and hit me in the face. It was my oh, fault. Geez. And 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 she made me so much uglier than I am now, according to my wife Renee. <laughs> but but the idea really is is I should have walked up, and the proper thing is walk up, put your hand on her back, rub her ears, let her know you're there, let her smell you to know that you're the one that feeds her, and then you just you know put your arm underneath and you open up the lip and you look at the tooth. I didn't do that, so yeah, you you live you live and learn. You live and learn. So anyway, I'm going to run on. Hector, Nick, you're next. And then I also have a question about tire pressure, and I'll cover that right after this. Is the United States of America part of God's great plan for the world? Now, a new documentary, Trump 2024, The World After Trump, takes a look at what the world could look like in 2024 with or without President Trump. Trump 2024 features interviews with Franklin Graham, Mike Huckabee, Dennis Prager, and Eric Metaxas. Watch Trump 2024, The World After Trump, on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Trump 2024. Watch now at SalemNow.com. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. America, welcome home the brave. The brave men and women who serve their country are coming home. Home to their cities and towns. Home to their mountains and valleys. Home to their families and friends. Home to America. Some of these warriors are coming home with wounds you can see, and some with wounds you can't see, like post-traumatic stress disorder. Wounded Warrior Project was created to provide the support these wounded veterans need to ensure their return to America is well-adjusted and successful. But we need your help to ensure that our mission is a success. Help us honor and empower these wounded warriors. Contact us at findwwp.org. America, welcome home the brave. I'm a veteran. My victory was admitting I had PTSD and getting help. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I no longer see it as a weakness, but as a sign of strength. I call it post-traumatic growth. DAV provides a lifetime of support, helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I am a veteran. 
I lost both legs in Vietnam. Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small. My victory was getting my benefits and a good education. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like nowhere was safe. My victory was finding the help I needed. But there's more to be done and more victories to be won. Thanks to DAV, now I feel like I'm human again. Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. I'm making beef sliders for my friend Sandy. Nana taught me to always pull meat off the grill early so it's extra juicy. Use a food thermometer to ensure ground beef is 160 degrees, or you could make people really sick. Sandy didn't think twice about the slider she ate until yoga class, when a nasty case of food poisoning turned her downward-facing dog into upward-moving lunch. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov and learn the steps Maria unwittingly leaves out. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number two. Set the Patriot as an alarm clock. Open the app, click in the upper right-hand corner, and select Alarm Clock. It's that easy. And now you'll wake up to the Patriot. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Don't miss a thing with the all-new Patriot app. Just visit your app store and download today. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. We're going to be here till noon. So if you want to join us, now's the time. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Because this is KKNT 960. Um, like I promised, Nick, you're up. How can I help you? Uh, Mark, uh, I've got a 06 Chevy Colorado with like three quarters of a million miles on it. I just had the rack and pinion replaced, and a few weeks later, the high-pressure hose started leaking, at the connect, not at the connector to the rack, but where it goes from the rubber hose with the metal clamp on it. Uh-huh. I had somebody put a new one in. Uh, they couldn't find one three to five days to get it, so they had a hose manufacturer place make one. Yeah. Picked it up. It worked for about an hour, and all of a sudden I look in the rearview mirror, and I got, like, a cloud of smoke coming out the back, so it <laughs> blew a hole in the hose. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think it was that funny. I was on my way to Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, well, let me let me explain. Power steering on the exhaust creates a white smoke that James Bond would be happy with. Yeah, he was, and, he was really going to be happy with this one, I'll tell you, yeah. until I pulled over. Um, question, how much pressure is built up through the from the power steering pump through the rack and pinion? And that, is it quite a bit of pressure? Oh, yeah, that's why we have crimp fittings on those hoses, and those hoses are reinforced, and the hole in the middle is like a dime, and the out- I'm exaggerating for visual reasons. The hole yeah. in the middle is like a dime, and the outer portion of the hose is like 50-cent piece. So the answer is, now, yeah. Because what happened was is he, he got another one, he started putting it on, and he never called to tell me that. Now the rack is leaking at another fitting somewhere. And so he had to, you know, get like O-rings or whatever. I was just curious, could it have caused damage to the rack because it built up so much pressure and then it blew or? If you drove. A little bit of advice. Yeah, if you, you know, if the rack lets go and you realize you don't have power steering and and, um, you're on your way to Tucson and the next exit is six miles, then yeah. Um, You could have caused damage to the pump. And when the yeah. pump starts coming apart, it sends metal through the rack. And so, yes, you could have, but 
right now what needs to be done is we need to fix all the leaks then we take the return hose from the pump and we just aim it at a five gallon bucket we put a funnel in the mat into the reservoir and then we start it up takes two guys and we let it idle and the guy inside turns the steering wheel to the right till it stops and then he slowly turns it to the left while the other guy that's three guys we need the other guy's pouring fluid in it to keep it and then the other guy's holding the return line at the bucket <laughs> so we're going to flush the power scissoring system when we do this it doesn't take more than 20 seconds to a minute and a half so that's what needs to be done but you'll know whether that pump took a beating and the pump is what takes a beat and the rack doesn't so the yeah, pump I only went no about oil. like three quarters of a mile. Yeah, chances of before I pulled over. How much was leaked out of the bottom when you pulled over? What kind of a puddle did you have? Uh, not too bad. I mean, it was it had drops over a you know a, maybe a one foot area, but the when the, the other hose that was leaking, mm-hmm. um, just by just idling, it would have almost a six inch diameter parameter of like fluid. Mm-hmm. This one probably had half of that. Okay. After one's it had a return been and, from different locations. Yeah, one's a return, that? one's the pressure, and the fact that it's still leaking means yeah. the pump had fluid in it. So um, this yeah. is theirs to fix, and and hopefully they'll do a good job. We're hearing that there's lots of parts that aren't available, uh, but but your power steering hose is made by a whole lot of different companies, and once you have a part number, you can cross it over to a variety of places. I know that I'm hearing a lot of that, but here's my answer. I'm not experiencing a lot of that. Now, we have a parts department that I am so blessed with. Sean and Jeff are just wizards. They found a water pump for a Packard the other day. They found a fuel tank for a, for I don't even remember what it was. It's a car that they made seven of. So um, I, I just don't know who their parts department is or who they're leaning on. But um, ask them to try again to see if they can find a factory host for that. Okay. Well, they called a bu- they called a bunch of places and nobody had one. And then the a place that I drive for, they're going to have one in in a week. You know, they're on a purchase order coming from like Norman, I think. Yeah. Okay. okay well, thanks a lot, okay. Mark. I appreciate it. All right. You betcha, Nick. Okay. We had a caller call in about tire pressure, and so I'm going to talk about tire pressure right now. There are two tire pressures for your cars and your trucks. Two tire pressures. One of them's written on the door, and one of them's written on the tire, and they're never going to be the same. Okay? Now, first of all, let's create this vision for you in your head. When you're driving down the road and you hit a big pothole, you can imagine that the tire collapses. Okay? And what happens is, is if you collapse the tire too much, then the tire hits the wheel and it cuts the sidewall of the tire. The tire instantly deflates and you just ruin the tire. So you can imagine that that happens. I I can tell you for sure it happens. Now, let's talk about a tire. And just for extremes, give me a chance here. We're talking about a a 40-pound tire that's at 20 pounds. When it hits a chuck hole, it doesn't have sufficient air in it. And if, if it would have had 40 pounds in it, it would have bounced out and it wouldn't have collapsed the tire and wouldn't have cut the tire on the wheel. So if we carry more air pressure in it, it protects us from the pothole damage that could be created. If we have more air in the tire, you get better fuel economy. Remember when you rode your bicycle? 
And if your tires were half flat and you were on your way to the gas station, it took quite a bit of effort. But when you got there, you interrupt the tires. And on the way home, it's like driving a brand new bicycle. So better fuel economy with a higher with the higher inflation. Um, and the tire, the everybody's going to go, well, the ride. No, the ride doesn't suffer. With today's cars in the last 20 years, you're not going to notice a doggone difference in ride. Um, oh, maybe 1% of you are, but nobody else is. So we're talking about ride, fuel economy, and tire safety. That's what we're talking about. Okay, the thing on your door says that if you got four big football players in this car and you've got it weighed at the maximum it's rated for, you only need 36 pounds in the tire. That's what the sticker says. Now, the gross vehicle weight of the car is 4,000 pounds. Without anybody in it, the empty weight is 3,500 pounds. Let's pretend. So it's 3,500 pounds. So a gross vehicle weight is is higher, and the empty weight is lower. So the gross vehicle weight, which is the weight of the car, plus all the occupants it can hold, plus some beer in the trunk, that's gross vehicle weight. Now, what does Mark Salem do? I go by the, the, the tire, what it says on the tire. I want the tire fully inflated. I want my wife and my daughter and my son and myself to bounce off curbs and bounce through potholes. I want the fuel economy. I want all that. So I know that this tire is capable of cold pressure of 40 pounds. So it's kind of like a bicycle tire. I want to use 40. Every car we own in our rental fleet, in our car, my kids, my wife, all the stuff I own, I just look at the side of the tire and it says maximum load at something PSI. And it's going to be right near the rim. So whatever it says, I don't care about the maximum load. I just want to know what the maximum pressure is cold. So some, some of my tires show 35 and, I, and the maximum pressure is 50, boom, I'm going to 50. So that's how tire pressure is. If you want to be cautious and be perfectly right, then you're going to go by what the sticker on the door says. So if it says 32 pounds of pressure in these two tires, then 32 cold it is. So you can do whatever you want. I like the better fuel economy. I like bouncing in and out of uh, out of potholes. Um, I like, and, and everybody's going to, well, some people are going to go, well, you're going to wear the center of the tire out. No, we aren't. When the tires are overinflated, then instead of having a flat tread, it has a bowed, so it's rounded. It's half of a circle. So we wear the center of the tire out. I haven't seen that in 10 years. And I've never seen it on any of the vehicles that I'm responsible for maintaining, which is all of our family vehicles and all of our company vehicles. So that's how it is. That you ask my opinion, and that's what you get. Who's on the phone? That would be Dan. Dan, good morning. Mark, I got a question on tires, uh, the longevity. Well, anyway, I just okay. bought tires the other day, and I got they were made 0820, so that was pretty good. I don't know if it's the eighth week or the eighth month. So that okay, was like eighth a, week. Is it is the 08 mean eighth week? Yes. Okay, that's good because I just got four new ones because that other ones. But anyway, I'm thinking about tires on trailers, horse trailers, boat trailers, fifth wheels. Every 10 years, get new ones? Well, RVs, they say, are a little different because they sit in the sun a lot and they're not driven. So you can get numbers between five and six years. Um, but, but yes, that's the answer to your question. We're supposed to change RV tires a little earlier than a passenger car or a light truck. And I'm not going to get into semis and all that big stuff. So in your in an RV and situation... But I got to tell you, 
Mark's fudged on that every once in a while. I'm not telling you to fudge on it, but, you know, I've got a tire that's seven years old, and it's been stored inside, so I don't have the ultraviolet problems, and, you know, it's a controlled environment, so I don't have all the heat, and, and so all I'm going is to California to so my wife can fill the motorhome full of fancy wine and come back home, and I might, you know, I, I'm probably just going to go ahead. So after but, the tenth year, you're going to get new ones. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm not going past 10. And I want to tell you something. This is how strongly I feel about this. We literally have a stamp that stamps red on your work order. And it says your tires, here's the dates that you have. And then it says 10 years after this date, we're not going to touch your tire. We're not going to touch it. We're not going to rotate it. We're not going to inflate it. We're not going to patch it. We are not going to touch a 10-year-old tire. And here's why. Everybody in the world is suing the shop for that. So some lady's driving down the road, and she's been told by two shops that she's got a 10-year-old tire. So she doesn't pay attention. She goes to California. On her way back, the tire blows up, and two children in the back seat plus mama in the passenger seat die. So now everybody's getting sued. Everybody who touched that tire, everybody who inflated that tire, everybody who rotated that tire. Everybody's getting sued. But during this period of time, they tell us about some places that it was at. We went out and found the work orders, and they had been warned by two of the facilities that they had a 10-year-old tire on their car. So now what does the jury do? So that's how important it is for Mark and many other shops to tell people, we're not going to play that game. I don't want to be in the food chain on a car that blew a 10-year-old tire. We have, I have a case right now where the customer, well, the person pulled into a tire shop and they asked for help. This young man came out and helped them inflate their tires. Then they're on a trip, the tire blows up, they're suing the shop. They, the shop should have known it was a 10-year-old tire. Well, number one, the date code of the tire can be on the outside, which is easy to say, or it could be on the inside. And I'm not going to tell my guys they got to crawl underneath the car to get the date code, although it's up in the air and they can spin the tires and get it. So this young man who's trained to do nothing more than air up tires, he did that. He's not trained to look at the tread. He's not trained to look at the sidewall for cracking. He's not trained to look for eggs and tread separations. None of that. He is simply trained to help people air up their tires. So because of that relationship that lasted four and a half, five minutes, that shop is in the food chain. So my answer is we are at the extreme. There are shops out there that won't let you leave with a 10-year-old tire because it's cheaper to put on a tire than it is to to defend yourself in a lawsuit. Is that a sick set of circumstances? So... I'm not going to tell you who the shops are for obvious reasons, <laughs> but there's some shops. I would say that there's within a hundred shops in Phoenix that won't let you leave for the 10-year-old tire unless they know you're trying to scam them, and then that's how it works. So, Dan, I hope I answered your question. If I didn't, hang on, and um, Gil will come back and talk to you. Sun, uh, when you talk about good car repairs, Kurtz Auto is a good place. I-17 in Bell, northeast corner. Domestic import, gas and diesel. Kurt's a good guy. And and the people surrounding him, like Eric, they are very professional. They know what they're doing. They're ASE Master Certified Technician, and Kurt's been around a long time, since 1987. So if you're looking for a good shop in that central corridor, the I-17 corridor, and you're near I-17 and Bell Road, on the northeast corner is Kurt's Automotive, spelled with a C. He's a good guy. I promise you'll like him and him and his staff. 602-508-0960.